When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us, Tony Shebecki with you and I'm joined by my co-hosts, as always, Lyle and Walshie. Hello boys. Very good, hey Tony, how are you? Excellent, how's thank lockdown? you man, how are you? How's, I'm good, how's uh, quarantine life? You're still sleeping in the in, on your own in the office? I am at the moment, yes. I've decided you're to looking, stay here until I get down to 120 kilos. Uh, you're looking like you haven't even had a shower in a week. You're allowed to have a shower while you're in quarantine. No, no, I've had mate. a shower. I just haven't had a haircut. I need a haircut. No, you're not the only one. All over. I think I have to pull out the Manscaped from last year. No, don't. No more, man. No, we're not getting. We're not turning into wired podcasts. No, no, to get nice and on the on the sides, nice and close. Like Lyle. Like Lyle, exactly. Lyle like looks Lyle. terrible. Why isn't yeah. he talking? That is well, he, he didn't introduce me yet. But that's Hello, really Lyle. How are you? I'm going, I'm going okay, mate. Just come off uh, two days of homeschooling. So I'm, two I'm, days oh, yeah. what, what did you learn? Uh, I learned that my uh, lovely wife has put in a lot of groundwork over the year that I literally didn't have to do anything this morning. My kids got up, had their breakfast, Logged themselves on the school, and I, I, I see, I seen, seen and heard them at eleven o'clock for their ten minute break, and then at twelve thirty when they've both finished. So yeah, you seen and heard them. Just, you seen and heard them. It's just as well you're not covering the homeschooling very often, with um your uh, English uh, language skills being <laughs> rock bottom. Uh, well, I'm from Werribee. Um, you know, it, it comes with it. But uh, yeah, so she's done really well. Uh, actually, I could get used to this. If the kids keep in line, I could I could do this for a, a lot longer. Mm. I'm I'm allowed to leave my uh, my study, unlike Tony. When do you get? When do you get? Shave the sides Tony? of my hair with my man manscape mower or whatever it was called. The manscape's a piece of shit. It, it pulls at you, your your hair. Anyone who says it's good's a fucking liar. Out of quarantine today, Thursday. All right, cool. Um, you're having a party? <laughs> yeah, with me, my wife, and my two sons. Uh, reunited at last. I'm pretty sure they had a party when you went in the quarantine, Tony. Yeah, well, they're they probably in it too. did too. Uh, I tell you what, it's always a party when you've got the Australian Wrestling Network on in front of you during these lockdown situations watching some of the best wrestling that Australia has had to offer and New Zealand as well over the years. There's a massive backlog of amazing 
wrestling matches on the Australian Wrestling Network, boys. That must have been keeping you company uh, last week, which you'd be pretty happy to that, that the Australian Wrestling Network exists, wouldn't you, Tony? Yeah, I cannot lie. I've been going back watching the last four years of 205 Live. Okay. So, <laughs> I've had to catch up. Well, you've had the time, Tony. Uh, yeah. but, those are... Uh, those one-hour episodes from early on would have been... They killed me. Would have been Absolutely killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to your review later, Tony. But, you know, with the increase to the lockdowns uh, coming up, uh, yeah. the Australian Wrestling Network will uh, be a saviour for a lot of uh, Australian wrestling fans, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, I've had a bit of an epiphany in the last couple of weeks. And... Hey, I mean, hey. No what? big words, Tony. Oh, sorry. Uh I've decided that I've got really interested in wrestling history over the last couple of weeks. So what I thought I might do at some point today, I just might bring up some wrestling history and see what you guys think. You're going to explain stuff to us, eh? Yeah, well, Um, yeah. Wrestling history, or as Tony calls it, new stuff he's currently learning. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) The future is bright. I look forward to it, Tony. All right. Cool. We had a, a big episode last week. We had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Roberto Eagles. Always yeah, yeah. great to catch up with Robbie. Lots of good feedback from that one too. Um, Lovely guy, Robbie. Lovely yeah. guy. Uh, or as Tony calls him, the not not related to the random baseball junior oh, baseball coach from correct. Sydney. <laughs> now, great interview with Robbie and another great interview today. This is our third exclusive in uh, in a row. So in consecutive weeks, of course, uh, two retirements and a champion. And this one is the second of the retirements. It's a bloke who last week announced his retirement from the wrestling ring, even though he's got one more match to come. When that happens, though, we will not know until Dan Andrews lets us know. But anyway, it's in the future at some point, and then that'll be it for Richie Taylor. Before we bring Richie in for the interview, and also Jules will be joining you boys for the chat, we got together a few of Australia's finest wrestlers to say a couple of words on Richie Taylor. Hey, Richie, it's Mike. I just want to say congratulations on leaving such an impression on wrestling. Um, You truly are cut above the rest. And to see you grow in this business has been an absolute honor. I'm so incredibly proud. And I wish you nothing but the best for the future. Retirement is going to be one of the most difficult yet satisfying things you can ever do. So good luck. Take care, and hopefully I get to talk to you again soon. Hey, Richie, it's Charlie Evans. I just want to thank you so much for being one of the best professional wrestlers that I've ever stepped in the ring with. You're such an inspiration to me in wrestling, but also outside of wrestling, and having someone to look up to that's also a punk, also a vegan, and just cool as fuck is really, really cool to me. You have given me the best wrestling match I've ever had in my whole career. And I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me. This is the J-Stick, J-X-T. And I am actually sad that Richie Taylor's uh, retiring. 
purely because I am an ass kicking. So, Richie, I hope your retirement is like every other retirement in Australian wrestling where you will actually, hopefully, be able to come back one day because I still owe you that ass kicking, Richie. Never forget it. I'm waiting for you when you're ready. Richie Smashmouth Taylor. It is the Australian sensation Craven here. And all I want to say is take a bow, my friend. What a journey, what a career. You are one of the toughest opponents and by far the toughest vegan I have ever had the honor and privilege of sharing the squared circle with. Enjoy the next chapter and congratulations, my friend. Hi, Richie. It's DCT here. I've heard that you've chosen to retire rather than ever wrestle DCT again. And to be honest, mate, I can't blame you, because you know that I would absolutely batter you again if I had the chance. But that ship has sailed. Good luck in your retirement. Good luck eating your cabbages and your kale and whatever other crap. Good riddance, never come back. WWE Hall of Famer, Hacksaw Tim Duggan from the golden age of wrestling. But I know you all know that being wrestling folks. Anyway, I have a special message and since it's for another wrestler, I'm going to do it right for Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. I got a special message for you, tough guy. So you might want to sit down because you know Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I'm going to have to give this to you straight, Smash Mouth. From Joel's and everybody else, they want me to tell you something, tough guy. And that's... Oh! And congratulations on 13 years wrestling. Wow, that's a great run, my friend. 13 years. And I understand you're the DMDU Heavyweight Championship down there in Melbourne, Australia. What a great wrestling fans down there in Australia. I'd love to get back down there once this whole virus thing settles down. Well, anyway, my friend, I hear you're a good role model. That's so good to hear because so many folks always hear that negative stuff about wrestling. You know, it's been a great business for me. I've been with my wife for almost 40 years. I never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs. I put two daughters through school. There's a lot more to wrestling than just the dark side of the ring. And it sounds like you, Smash Mouth, you've got the right idea because your fans love you. Understand that? That's very cool. Your fans love you, my friend. That's got to make you feel very good. All right, Smash Mouth, congratulations on 13 years. DMDU heavyweight champion. I could use you as a tag team partner. Anyway, Smash Mouth, this hole is for you. Ho! Can't wait to get back to Australia. Hey Richie, uh, I was pretty gutted to hear the news online the other week about you retiring and uh, hanging up the boots. Something that you've been talking about to me for a long time over the last couple of years. You keep saying this is my last year, this is my last year, and I'm the one that keeps saying stop talking or shut up or you're being an idiot. Because I was always trying to tell you how, how great you were. Um, but I think you know that now, and you definitely realise that from the outpouring of uh, the fans that have been beside you 
for this journey now for the last couple of years and also your fellow wrestlers in the industry that I'm sure are sharing messages like this. Um, we've known each other probably the longest out of a lot of these people uh, in the industry and even though there's been gaps between our times together, uh, we've always picked right back up where we've left off and it's still going to be the same. He's still my, my brother, he's still my mate and uh, even though this is a retirement, it is a retirement in professional wrestling. And I was hoping to get one more match with you, so if the stars align and your body feels healthy and you're in the right state of mind and everything's going good for you and you want to put those boots back on, I'd happily make sure that I do everything within my power to make that the match that you come back for. So don't say never, let's just say until next time. And uh, you know, if we need to, we'll just do it in a random street in Werribee on some for sale signs and tarp because I really don't care as long as I get to do it again with you guys. All the best for the future and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. Much love. Yeah, go on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about that? Oh, fuck. Um, oh, thanks for that. <clears throat> apart from stitched up, how are you doing? Yeah, no, nah, good. And yeah, I'll really want to wrestle Robbie in a backyard in Werribee in a paddock on <laughs> tyres and just fucking for sale signs. That's the match I want to have if I ever come back. Um, we Hopefully, he's still got that title around his waist. and That's there. In a backyard in Burby. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, honestly, though, uh, everybody who we asked to say something said yes. And that's sort of a testament to um, how much you mean to everybody you've set foot in the ring with. Uh, yeah, um, that was pretty special. I'm just still trying to get my emotions back in order here. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, really nice to hear people say really positive things about you you know in a industry where not too many good things get get thrown around so it's really nice to have um that support and, and love from everyone it's yeah, also good. nice to hear that the dct is still a complete bastard <laughs> yeah he is that asshole i should have had him <laughs> this year one last time with covid <laughs> it. i um i think a good place to start is with a lot of the people who who were in that package <laughs> because we're probably with the exception of Duggan um, because <laughs> um, a lot of them have, uh, have been a meaningful part of your career. Um, I'll start with uh, JXT because although I reckon you two are very different human beings and probably not the best of mates, I think this year you've been really important for each other. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, there was a time where I was JXD, believe it or not. You know, I was I was the party man. I was out and about. I was getting drunk. I was doing stupid shit. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, I've just matured a lot where he's just stayed being a dickhead. But, yeah, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, we have been important for each other. I think we tell really good stories together because we are the complete, um, the complete opposites of one another. And I think we do have good chemistry in the ring and uh people really buy into it because like you said we're not the best of mates we are completely different people so um yeah he has been important on my the back end of my career here and um you know i'll i'll thank him for that 
So you, you talk about the uh, the old Richie Taylor. So how did you like first come up with the character of Richie Taylor? Oh, this is a this is a bit of a story. So strap in, folks. So you know, Richie Taylor is it's pretty much not a character. It's like essentially me and all the experiences that I've been through um, over the journey of my life. Um, so it's just an extension of myself. So like, you know, growing up in Werribee, it's like really working class, lower social economical sort of status and stuff. And like you boys know as well, because you live there. And, um, you know, I was always kind of an outcast growing up. I was into punk rock and I would dress with like my hairs or spiked out and whatever. And, um, you know, I'd just always be in fights. There was just like, there was like the jocks as you know, you call them, um, people that are into sport and like we were the outcast. So there was like always fights happening. Um, you know, like I've been, I've been bottled, I've been trolley pole, gang bashed, I've been robbed, arrested, maced, like handcuffed, just assaulted by police. Like whatever you think, like I've done it. I've done everything. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that that I bring into my character and I'm like a working class man as well. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot of personal relationships uh, that I've developed and I've just brought it into wrestling. Like I just needed to change my name because I needed a wrestling name. I couldn't come out as <laughs> Tori Puglisi. So I had to, had to change it to something. So I went with Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. So yeah, it's not really a character. It's, it's just me. I actually think uh, Tori Puglisi would work this day and age in the independent wrestling nowadays. <laughs> It's true, but it's it's very Italian. Uh, don't look very Italian. <laughs> Could have fooled us. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to school with a lot of Puglisi's and you don't look like most of them either. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also heard from Charlie Evans during that package and uh, we know the career that she's had and is having um, working overseas and working against the very tip-top of independent wrestling in the world. What's it like to hear someone like Charlie say with such honesty that her favorite and the best professional wrestling match she ever had was against you? Yeah, the feeling's mutual, by the way. I think that was the best match I've ever had as well. But um, yeah, no, it's it's really awesome. I think it means more as well because Charlie's such an awesome person as well. Like I respect her so much um she's one of the best people in the industry um and yeah it, i think it means more to me along those lines as of how big of a superstar she is um if that if that makes sense like I just, yeah it makes sense yeah how good of a person she is saying that is much more um beneficial for me than like the status of her as a professional wrestler and what's it like being uh riding the wave of the being one of Australia's over most over baby faces in the last 18 months to two years. Like that's, doesn't matter what crowd you're in front of, you know, that entrance, so much energy comes out, you win the crowd over and then it's just physicality in the ring. What's that been like? Yeah, it, it's been good to, to um, get the support from everyone in the crowd. You know, I've, I've been at it a long time and it was only the last maybe three or four years where I was starting to get um, recognition. So, yeah, that's really awesome that people can relate to me in the ring. Um, it's like I said, though, because I'm just an every everyday man. You know, I just – I love pro wrestling. I always have and I always will. And I'm a fan and I was just fortunate enough to, to be in the ring. I just – I do it for 
for you guys, for the people that want to be a pro wrestler. That's that's what I am. So. And uh, talking about people who've uh, recorded messages and, and the last couple of years, um, I can't believe it's two years ago this week that you had your no holds barred match with, with DCT at MCW. Um, that's got to count as a career highlight, right? Oh, yeah, that... Yeah, that's very close under Charlie. That was like my favorite match for a long, long time. Um, and now it's, yeah, just under Charlie. Um, but yeah, DCT really put me on the map because he wasn't a selfish prick like nearly everyone else in Australian wrestling. You know, he, um, he came in and he said, Richie, I'm not here for a long time, brother. He's like, so I want, to, I want you to be the star and I'm going to get you over and I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. I'm going to tell good stories and we're going to have good chemistry. And when you work with someone that's that's willing to bust their ass for you, um, it, it's a lot better, more beneficial to you um, as a performer. And I, look, I'm retiring anyway, but I love him. I do. I love DCT so much. He just did so much for me, and he's such a good dude. And I love him to bits. And yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be um, as big as a babyface as I am if it wasn't for DCT. Can you think of anybody who has come into Australian wrestling for such a, a short period of time and has made more of an impact than DCT? No, I can't. He just, yeah, he came in and I didn't even know who he was at first. I think a lot of people were like that. They're like, who the fuck is DCT? He's well, Reed, Reed definitely didn't because she told him to go to the academy and yeah, try out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story so much. Um, uh. But no. No, I, I, I can't think of another person who came in and had such a big impact. And I think it is for that reason. Like, he loves professional wrestling and he was happy to do the jobs to people and just help the newer guys and, um, you know, just give advice where he could. And it's all relevant and it's, it's all constructive criticism. It's not him or his ego just getting in the way. He just knows his shit and he's happy to pass on his knowledge. And yeah, he's just, just a good dude. And it's one of the most entertaining guys too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't mind being the butt of the, the joke yeah. at the end of the night either. So I think that helps Yeah, exactly. a lot with that. Um, but what about that dive onto DCT? Um, <laughs> any regrets to that? Or when you got up there, thought, shit, this is uh, higher than I thought? Because some of the photos that went around uh, the last couple of days, they still look crazy. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here now going... Fuck, no wonder my hips fucked. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was because we wanted to do somewhat of a big dive and I wanted to do it off the um, like halfway down the balcony on the stairs, like off the rail. But then it, it was just too much um, bullshit. We'd had to go in and out of the ring too much. And Joel comes up to me and was like, dude, why don't you just do the splash off the fucking Titantron? And I went, dude. That's a sick idea. It didn't take much convincing. Anyway, MCW management were very hesitant on that at first. Um, they were like, is it going to make sense? Should you do it? Blah, 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 blah. And essentially, we were just agreeing with them at first. The DCT is like, we're just doing it. Like, who cares? I'm like, yeah, all right, we're just going to do it. Anyway, MCW management came around and um, there was no, no issues there. But yeah, Joel just saying, why don't you do it off there? Yeah, all right, let's do it. Well, so was that dive easier or harder than the one off the porta potty at um at oh, the Wrestle Rock? I think that was easier. That dive, <laughs> that one off the porta potty, I nearly went through it. 
gore. I was like, I know you're a big dude, but he's not going to catch me. He didn't really. Just in the concrete. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that one, that dive was easier. Yeah, smart by Joel to uh, offer that spot to someone else and not do it himself. It's uh, very <laughs> he was, smart. He was still on the shelf at that stage, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and we also heard from Mike Burr during that package, and you had a, a really good tag team run with Mike and um, I know that it's a really important run to Mike as well um, what was that like to, to be teaming with Mike and, and, and I know that that tag was meant to go places that then COVID probably wrecked the story that that was meant to tell but, but talk, to, talk to us about Mike Burr a little bit yeah like I love Mike he was I think I've said it on the show before but he was um, my trainer when I first broke in so um, yeah, it was like really good. And he saw me at my worst as well. Like when I stepped away from wrestling and I was still drinking, I'd come to shows and like afterwards I'd get into fights and the police would arrest me and stuff. And Mike would be there like pretty much like a disappointed old man. Yeah. I'd be handcuffed out the front of some fucking venue and he'd just be like, Rich, you're doing man. Um, but you know, when I got my shit. And then together, when he says, Richie, what are you doing? Then the cops think you've given a false name. And- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, no shit. They're already thinking it when you said uh, Tori Puglisi. Like, yeah. nah. Yeah, that's not right. Isn't that <laughs> someone saying name? other names? Oh, so much confusion. Um, so yeah, you saw me at my very worst, but like then when I came back, like there was no there's no love loss really. He just opened me with open arms again and just was pointing me in the right direction. And, you know, he tried to get me on MCW quite a lot when I came back, but um, that, unfortunately I just weren't having a bar out of it at that time. Um, and then, yeah, getting to actually wrestling one-on-one was like super special for me. That's like 10 years in the making. And I think that match, that's up there with one of my favorites too. We just beat the shit out of each other. And then, yeah, able, being able to tag with him was, um, even though it was only a short time, it was, it was still uh, pretty special to me that we were able to have um, a short run and, you know, have the last of a dying breed. I really love that sort of uh, logo and stuff. So, yeah, that, that's always hold a special place in my heart. And what about when you finally uh, showed up to MCW? Um, did you actually bring two busloads of people from Werribee? Because yeah. that crowd in the, the left-hand side of the room actually – overshadowed the rest of the crowd for your match it was amazing <laughs> so originally when i came to mcw i had i had to try out right i'll, I'll get to the bus load of people but i had to try out and they were dicks to me man they just stiffed me and burnt my brother's head against the rope on purpose and just beat the shit out of us and my brother who hates wrestling anyway like, uh, after the, after it's a good the, trait for a wrestler. Yeah. After the match, grabs me and goes, "I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fuck these cunts, right?" Oh, sorry. <laughs> gonna, might have to beat that. Nah, have it's to fine. Beat that. And I was like, "Oh no, nah. no." Nah, like maybe it was alright. He's like, "No, nah, fuck this joint. They just fucking hurt us on purpose for no reason." And we left. And I was like, "All right, well, we're never coming back here." Anyway, we, we did have a tag match a couple of months later after that. But, um, yeah, that, for that busload of people for my first singles there, that's all fabrication, my friend. 
I had, <laughs> I had about. I think we may we may have started it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we, you you started that. <laughs> I had about five people. One of them being my brother because he knew how much like I wanted to be there and I wanted to be over and whatnot. And he's like, I'll just make people love you, man. He's like, I'll just fucking scream and shout and just make people love you. And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Um, whatever. Like my brother talks a lot of shit. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then he came with his five mates and kind of worked. <laughs> it's funny. Cause at that show, I was standing near Matty Wilde, who's a, a wrestler from NAW. And um, I know that he was with four or five people that were also doing it. So it was, it was definitely a few pockets of people. Uh, and once, once it started, there was sort of no, no turning it back. Yeah, that's right. I can't even remember who I wrestled in my first singles. There. I don't, it, I don't either. I don't know. Anyway. You're the one, you're the one we remembered from that match. That's all. It's important. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it was good. It was good. What was it? What was it like early on tagging with your brother? It was fun. It was frustrating because he hates wrestling. So me, <laughs> me trying to get bookings for us. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking the heat. I'm not doing this. So it was really frustrating. <laughs> but it was also really awesome, you know, because I got to, we're not the closest of families. So like wrestling brought us together and we would just hang out and talk shit. Um, and, you know, when he left, like we, we don't see each other all that often. So um it was like a nice period of time where I would consistently see my brother, which was cool. Um, but, and he was also really good. He was better than me. He was fucking way better wrestler than me, but you know, he just didn't have the passion like I did. You almost got him back for a match this year. Oh my God. What was, what was that conversation <laughs> like? He was not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I, um, uh, who was I meant to tag with? Shazza? Yeah, I think it was Shazza. Yeah, Shazza. So, yeah, I was supposed to tag with Shazza and um, Joel hit me up and said, if you can have anyone tag with you, who would it be? And I said, Zane. And he was like, do you reckon he'll do it? I said, I'll ask him. <laughs> so I messaged him. I was like, oh, hey, man, um, look, would you come back and do one more match? He's like, absolutely not. I was like, oh, no, dude. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, come on, dude. Like, you won't have to do much. I'll take the heat. I was lying. There's no chance I'm taking the heat. I've been taking <laughs> the heat for fucking four years. Um, I was like, no, nah, I'll take the heat and come in, do a couple of cool shit. And then, um, you know, we'll just take it home nice and easy. He's like, oh, I'll get back to you. So then I shot that promo. So you I knew said, you had him then? Yeah, I think so. I still think he might have not even showed up if the show had gone ahead. But yeah, I filmed the promo, sent it to Joel and said, he's in. And I get a, mes a message like an hour later from my brother saying, you've booked me. I haven't even said yes, dude. But um, yeah, he, he was willing to do it and then obviously got cancelled. So no one was happier about that lockdown than your brother. <laughs> 100%. And then your retirement, he was also happy about that he's not going to get any more fans and bookings yeah that's right <laughs> unless richie wants a new career as a as a manager yeah that's right definitely not <laughs> i'm coming back as a fan boys i'll be sitting in the seats with you <laughs> no tony's one of tony and jules like to sit down i like to stand at the back incognito yeah um, <laughs> i have noticed that actually <laughs> let's talk about your theme your theme music um, Roll On is a banger of a song and I grew up listening to Living End so um, 
like I remember being at Festival Hall watching him open for the Offspring playing Prisoner of Society when it was just exploding. Uh, how did how did you come up with Roll On's the right song for you? And um, and are you a big Living End fan or? Yeah, um, not so much anymore because their new stuff is it's atrocious. Poor. It's poo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I used to love Prisoner of Society. Oh man, because I like, I was yeah I was all about that. Like no one's telling me what to do. Fuck yeah, fuck everyone. Yeah, um, basically the anthem of our generation. Exactly right. So couldn't um, get away from that song. That summer that uh, <laughs> that coming out. Yeah, it was true. everywhere for months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love, I do like the Living End, and to be honest, I heard someone coming out to that once before, and I was like, "Fuck, that's a banger of a track to come out to." I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna see if it works," because I've had a lot of different entrance songs, and yeah, I came out to it, and it got good reception, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna roll with it now." You're gonna roll on with it. That's right, and then it kind of fits the character anyway. So yeah, it's a working class song. That's right. It's about, the, it's about a strike on the wharfs. Like, you don't get more working glass than that. <laughs> That's right. I'm all about it. So the person you borrowed it off, uh, was there any heat with that? Uh, I don't think Nigel Guinness would care all that much. So you talk about some... Now he's finally retired, I can get my song back. Yeah. <laughs> come back now <laughs> you, you talk about some of the fun times you've had at the Thornbury um, all the way from um, JK Moody I think it was your, your first match who's doing great guns over in the UK um, through um, a, an international who came over from, from the UK and, and all the way through your, your run there um, what's, what's some of your least favourite times you've had at, at the Thornbury least favorite times at the Thornbury anytime I had to go backstage if I'm honest um, <laughs> nah, um, that's why you'd always see me at the merch table uh, if I don't want to be back I want to be out with you boys um, I think when I had my big win against DCT and like that was at the height of my me- momentum and the following month where I had to wrestle Sean Young in a singles um, nothing against Sean. I love him to bits. Like he's a, he's a good dude, but I just think from my momentum and where it was going, it was like really disheartening that it essentially felt like I was starting back at the bottom. Like I've done all this hard work to build up my status and like in the picture for like a title shot or whatever. And then it felt like I was back down at the bottom of the ladder at MCW. So that for me was, um, pretty disappointing. Uh, when you left MCW, um, you are arguably, and it's not even argue, I think you were probably the top baby face in the company. Um, you'd had some, some decent wins. Um, what was the, it took everyone by surprise. What, what happened? So essentially MCW beat the passion out of me for professional wrestling. Um, it is, I wasn't having fun there anymore. Um, you know, I'm I'm no one to suck up someone's ass to get places. Like I'll do that on my my own merit and hard work to get places. Like I I'm not big on playing the game backstage and 
doing what you have to to get booked or further progressed up the ladder. And, um, you know, un unfortunately just took a toll on me over time. And I just wanted to, I wanted to get that passion back for professional wrestling. And I just wanted to start working places where it was fun to be. And it was a good locker room and just go out and just have fun and <clears throat> be able to come out and like stand at the merch and talk to you guys. And when I was, yeah, being real isolated backstage, not being able to come out and stuff, they really took a toll on me. And I was like, all right, well, it's time to move on, I think. You had some fun selling t-shirts outside though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually gave a couple away. I didn't even sell that many. But I did get a good reception from everyone. Everyone was like, oh, we're going to miss you, Richie, which is, um, which is nice to hear. And everyone stopped for a chat. And, you know, I'll always, I'll always stop for a chat for someone who wants to have a chat with me. That's pretty punk rock to sell shirts out the front. Did you bootleg your own merchandise as well? <laughs> yes, I did. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Rip yourself off. Very good. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would, have had 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 I would have sold my own merch that had Jules. 30 metres down the road selling a bootleg copy with an accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a yeah, accent. That would have, that would have worked. Two <laughs> <laughs> uh, for 30, bro 30 bucks, eh, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun outside the Thornbury, um, the, the time that you found some Krishna friends and had a bit of a, a dance down the street, um, First of all, how was that and how was that received? But, but second of all, talk about, uh, tell us a bit about your time at Temple and, and what that means to you going to Temple. Yeah, cool. So that did not go down well because we're not supposed to be out the front um, or like selling <laughs> merch before shows. And I had already teed up my Krishna friends to say, come down and start playing out the front of the the line at the Thornbury Theatre. I'm going to come out and I'll dance with you. You can get it on fit, uh, film or whatever and upload it. Um, and I said to him, I'm just going to say it's for religious purpose. Like when that, it's called Harinam when they sing and dance. So when the Harinam happens, if they come over and make a big scene, I was like, every time a Harinam happens, it's in my religion that I have to go out there and dance with them. So that's how I was going to get around it. But um, yeah, it wasn't received too well. Slex laughed about it, which was good. Good on, good on your Slex. Um, but yeah, it wasn't received too well by the other management. But yeah, um, Krishna going to the temple and stuff, it just, um, you know, it just opened my eyes. I was, um, you know, a big influence of mine is John Joseph. If you don't know who he is, look him up. He's amazing, huge inspiration of mine. And like he would always say how like um, him becoming a monk and becoming a Hare Krishna like changed his life completely. And I haven't always been into spirituality or religion or whatever. I always used to think it was full of shit. But like the way he was just describing it, I was like, maybe there's something to it. Maybe I'll just go down and I'll see what it's about. And it's free vegan food. So far out. Just, you've got to go down and try the food at least. Um, yeah, and I went, I went down and I just met these all these awesome open-minded people where like, there was no intoxication happening and they were just high on life and like, there's just so much respect and love that happens like around the temple and um, everyone shares food together. And it's like, it's just a really cool little community. And yeah, I was going there pretty regularly, like once a week for like months there. And you've met, Jules has met one of my monk mates, Nanda. He's a lovely man and um, really awesome cook as well. 
and he's a beautiful guy man. yeah he's such a great dude yeah and it just yeah it's just opened my mind to so many other possibilities like um yeah it's just made me more open-minded and um meditation and stuff i, I love it now so <clears throat> yeah that's i think that's answered your question i've rambled on a little bit there sorry man <laughs> no but I, I think it gives that that sense of just being good to people it doesn't necessarily need to be about religion or spirituality the, the things that i've learned from from speaking to you and and to him is just how to be good to people and i think that that applies to everyone no matter what your your faith or thoughts are yeah yeah exactly right and you know i'm, I'm a work in progress myself man like there's times even still now that i'm i'm not very kind to, to people and um i know that myself and like i'm always trying to work on it and just trying to be better as a person um and that's all all we can do you know we all fuck up we all make mistakes and we just have to move forward and just try and learn from it and just become better people and yeah just have compassion empathy and just kindness for one another that was some heavy um, bullshit there sorry <laughs> <laughs> um yeah law can't even spell religion anyway. um, <laughs> so uh you were talking about how you were falling out of love with MCW and I know you're doing a lot of the smaller companies around Victoria, but did DMDU come around at the perfect time for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. You know, Joel has been talking to me about DMDU for a long time. Um, you know, talking was... to a lot of us about it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, like I said before, like there's a lot of shit that happens in wrestling and a lot of bullshit talk. So you're just like, yeah, yeah, cool, man. Like if it happens, it happens, but if not, whatever. Um, but yeah, and then it started and started to get a little bit of traction and um, he was looking after the boys really well and he asked me to come be a part of it. And I was like, absolutely, man. Like I love Joel. So I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to be a part of it. Um, and then, yeah, he was like, oh, we want to put the strap on you. And again, there's a lot of bullshit that happens in wrestling. I've heard that multiple times throughout my career. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, man, whatever. And then, yeah, it comes show day. And he was like, and I had to check the run sheet. And I was like, oh, shit, I am going over. Like, I don't believe anything until I get there. And it's like, it's on the run sheet. You're going over. I was like, oh, <laughs> and shit. And even then, it's awesome. change. Exactly right. I could get <laughs> injured. And that's it. Game over. Uh, well, so talk to us about, um, about that night, uh, that weekend, where... Um, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to wrestle in too many two-day tournaments previously. And the, the, let's start with the talent that was in that tournament. Like, what was it like being sharing a locker room with, with the girls and guys that were in that tournament? Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, um, it was just like a really good bunch of people that they got down for it. And yeah, it was awesome. It's, it's always good being around like a supportive group of people, especially backstage like that. And yeah, no, it was it was cool. Like the two days, it was it was fun. Um, I thought when I wrestled, oh my god, I've been hitting the head too many times here. What's Rochelle? Rochelle? Yeah, Rochelle Rogue. Yeah, Rochelle Rogue. Uh, when I wrestled her, I was starting to lose the crowd a little bit. Um, it's very hard to be a baby face when you're wrestling against, um, you know, a, a young lady making her debut <laughs> <laughs> with the indigenous flag on her tights, like you know. That's yeah, a tough ask. It was very tough. I remember the first punch I gave, like everyone was cheering for me and I punched her. It was like crickets. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in, for a, <laughs> I'm in for a really long couple of minutes here. So I, no more I, strikes. <laughs> that's legit. And then I chopped her once. Everyone, oh, 
oh no and then like yeah i just didn't hit her as as often after that but um she's got huge promise in this country i think um she's still relatively new so a few more years and she'll be right up there with probably some of the best talent in australia uh, I, th- I thought she did great, but I, I thought it was it was one of the most awkward wrestling matches I've ever seen. But I think that because you connect with the crowd so much, I think a lot of the quietness was was us just feeling that awkwardness that you had in the room. <laughs> I think it was also, I mean, I was talking to Jules afterwards. Um, I was like, surely the reason that Richie high-fived literally every single human being in that building was because he knew it was going to be tough to get behind him in this match. <laughs> so... That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that, but now you've said it, I must have thought that subconsciously because I never do that really. Um, no. no. It took so, 10 minutes. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> I'll probably the do first, it again for my last match. It's the only high five Tony's got for the year, so he was happy. <laughs> I'll give him another one. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then night two, obviously, you had, you had the match with JXT, which was you beating him in one hit, but I've never seen the crowd want that one hit match more, like, which is a testament to what you two had done for months. Yeah. And um, again, like, I'll give credit where credit is due. Josh um, come up to me and he's like, you know, I didn't realize you had a drinking problem, man. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, well, I still do. I've just, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, do you, do you sure you want me to say this stuff? And I was like, mate, it's fucking fake. Say whatever you want. I'm not going to take it personally. Like we need you to get as much heat as you can get. And we need me to like just wallop you and just get that pop. That's what we're after. So you just say what you have to say. I don't care. Um, and we'll just, yeah, we'll go from there. And he was like, he was so uncomfortable. He was like, man, I don't, I don't really want to say it. And I was like, look, if you don't feel comfortable saying it, don't say it. But I think we need you to just for the story moving forward, unfortunately. That story's not going to happen now. But, um, yeah, he was really sensitive to the topic, which I, I appreciate because a lot of other people just would have said it without consulting me anyway. Um, and, yeah, the pop, when the one, two, three happened, that was huge. Was, I didn't expect it to be so big either, especially after, like, all the good matches and stuff we've had. And then this was just essentially just a one-hit match and this crowd erupted. Maybe it's what the... Um, the tournament kind of needed to break it up a little bit. Um, and it really translated well. I wasn't there that night and it translated so well to the screen as well. Um, it was actually a really good moment. Yeah. I don't you. think I've ever seen a, anybody's face so purple in a wrestling ring. And I think, you know, I, there was a, one of those like suspension of belief moments of like, oh my God, he's actually going to batter it. This like, is real. He's probably yeah. going to batter it. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's because I still I still get those emotions when people um, talk shit about it, even though I know it's coming. Like th- there's still real emotions that come up for me. I've just learned over time how to how to deal with them. Um, so yeah, so that emotion that was coming up inside that that was all real. But yeah, obviously the hit wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for Josh. Josh will still be asleep. <laughs> and then and then yeah, we went on to. Caveman Ugg, that was that was easy. It is is what it is. Typical, typical match. And then and then we and then we went into to the finals. It's cool. What was your energy levels like ahead of the final? Like you've wrestled, um, you know, two matches and a one hit match, but you've been out in front of the crowd, you know, three times in a weekend, which 
it's very rare in Australia. What were your energy levels like going into that final, knowing what you had to do? So I think my, my energy levels were a little bit, of, they were better than Charlie. Like Charlie fucking wrestled proper matches both days. So I don't know how she did that. I couldn't have done that. I would have been wrecked. The match would have, the main would have been shit. Um, but my energy levels were okay. Um, after getting hit by UG a lot of the time, it takes me a while to just sort of get my breath back and stuff when someone's pounding at you um, for a long period of time. But yeah, my energy levels were good when I hit the hit the crowd and, um, you know, we started chaining around a little bit and I was like, oh, this is good. This is feeling, this is feeling all right. And then we did the first couple of spots and the crowd were hooked straight away. And then, yeah, all my energy levels just came back and it was just, yeah, just running on pure adrenaline for the rest of the, the match. But man, I loved that match. I didn't realize how good it was until I watched the back. And I never say this about my matches. I hate saying, yeah, that match was sick. Like if you're in it, because... Yeah, I just think that's <laughs> egotistical, but... No, um, yeah, you you can say what you want now. Everything's a better match now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I really love that match. And just to do it with like a fellow, um, like fellow vegan and just friend. And I just, yeah, that's really, really special. And I'm glad that I was able to do that before um, I hung up the boots. Well, I heard, you two, had a sick, I heard you two had a sick match at, the book, at Scarlet's book launch. <laughs> yeah we did actually it was pretty good that was like the feeling out process we didn't do as much um, but it, it was still really good and like I did a dive in front of like five people and Charlie's like what are you doing I'm not doing a dive I'm like yeah yeah you'll be fine just catch me she's like I don't think you should do a dive in front of five people I said Charlie I used to do it in front of fucking no one so it's five people it's great <laughs> so yeah we did it but um yeah that was a really fun match and then I knew I was like fuck I need to wrestle her like properly in front of a big crowd and yeah we did it and I think yeah everything just clicked that night and the crowd it felt like for me anyway like a proper main event like it was like dual chance the streamers came in we got the reaction at the end um it was like it was emotional it was, yeah, it was a really, really awesome match. Not, hey. not bad energy levels for two cabbage and kale munching protein deficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, eh? <laughs> now, now, you said you didn't know actually how good it was until you watched it back. But during the match, do you know you've hit something special? You might not know how good it is, but do you know you've got something special in the middle of the match like that? The time where I was like, fuck, this must be awesome, was Charlie gave me the Sodo suplex and then followed it up with the Lariat, who she, she'd beaten everyone in the tournament with. And it was like a two and three quarter count and I kicked out and then the entire crowd just went, this is awesome, like for ages. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right, we're doing something all right here. Um, and I just remember looking at Joel when I kicked out and I just see him go... Oh, it just like it was like a smile because he knew like the crowd had just ate it all up, you know. And I was like, "Yes, we got him." So that was the moment where I thought, "Yeah, this this must be pretty good." Um, are there any matches you've left on the table that you you wish you could have had? Tag match with Hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> that that for sure. Um, I don't really. I don't really know, man. Like, obviously, it's like the dream matches with like Chris Hero, obviously. But um, 
as for anyone here in Australia, like there's just so much good talent happening all the time. And like, I can't even really keep up with it all. I don't follow a lot of wrestling anymore or whatever. So um, like, I would have loved to wrestle Craven in a singles. We never got to do that. And he's like one of the best people I've met in the business. I, I love that man. Um, and like, obviously I just want to wrestle my friends, you know, like, like Joel, like I'll get to do that, which is cool. Like I want to wrestle Robbie again. I want to wrestle Matt Diamond. He's my old mate from the backyard. Like CJ Phoenix, another old yarder. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to wrestle like my old mates again. But, uh, well, it's not to be. What's it like hearing Robbie say that's what he wanted as well? <laughs> yeah, he's always going to say that. He's always <laughs> going to say that, just to make me feel good, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you never know, man. Maybe... Actually, I do know. That's never happening. <laughs> but no. Never say never. I do have a giant backyard in Werribee well. behind my house. Never say never. All right. Well, I'm coming out of retirement. A thousand bucks, please, Niall. <laughs> uh, speak to Tony. I'll supply the backyard. Tony's the money man. Um, so you got the the death match down in the two-day heavyweight tournament. Side-by-side, yep. uh, side, the uh, tournament of hate as a 13 or 14-year-old back in the day. Oh man, that... level level pegging. <laughs> yeah, actually, far out. That's massive memories. Yeah, it would have been tournament of hate for people that don't know. Go YouTube it. It's just it's death, insane. It's yeah, backyard death matches. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of a couple of them. I was there at the original one in Bendigo, and we were at this guy's backyard, and it drew like forty people, and I was like, what the. F- this is insane. Like people are coming to watch us wrestle and yeah, it's just the most crazy shit that I've ever been a part of. Um, I only did, I did one death match under a mask cause I had to wrestle in a non, non-tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was your name under the mask? Do you remember? Uh, it was El, El Chicho, I think. <laughs> El Ch- yeah. <laughs> I had a mask and I come out in a flame button up with red pants uh, I remember, actually, I think I remember the bumps I took. It was like a northern lights through a barbed wire board and a power bomb off a car through open chairs. Um, they were like the craziest shit I did back then. And like, you got the other boys taking a power bomb off the top of a car through a ladder table with tubes and barbed wire. It was like, fucking hell, man. Um, but yeah, I remember, funny story. Niv, one of the guys, from TIH, he was crazy. He was like a guy I used to look up to. And we had to sleep there. And he woke up um, the next morning and he looks at me and he goes, Ron, and, oh, my backyard wrestling name was Ruthless Ron. And I, everyone just used to call me Ron. And he goes, Ron, what have you put in my pants? I said, what? He's like, why did you put them in pants? And he shook his leg out and a bit of shit. Just fell out the bottom of his pants. <laughs> oh, good times. That's a that's a good rib. I don't think Randy Orton or X Pac could do that. Oh, good times. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that's a good way good way to prepare for your match. <laughs> that's right. Like he was obviously shitting himself about the bumps he was getting. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was so funny. Anyway, what, um, what about what about your injuries, mate? 
Oh, man. Copped a few over the years. I how, how, how bad is the body holding up? So my body has been fucked for a long time. Like, not only did I do backyard wrestling, I did all the jackass shit. I did skateboarding, like all the extreme kind of sports. So, yeah, like when I wasn't getting dumped in my head or thrown into concrete, I was getting thrown down a hill in a trolley. So it smashed into the gutter and I go flying. But um, overall, I haven't had too severe injuries. Like, I think I had a minor fracture in my spine from a move that went wrong a long time ago in the backyard. So the guy had me on top of a ladder. This doesn't sound in the backyard in a torture rack position, right? And what he was supposed to do was just flip me onto my belly. Yeah, easy, no drama. He didn't quite make it all the way to my belly. So he flipped me and I've just gone straight down and just crushed everything. Um, and yeah, I had like a slight um, fracture in my spine. Um, and now like my hip, my hip is completely shot. But like just everywhere, I'm just constantly, it's like tight and sore. Um, my shoulders are fucked. Yeah, hips, ankles, gone, knees. Um, but that's also from me just being an idiot, not looking after myself properly, you know. Um, thinking you're invincible when you're younger and then you sort of just don't fall out of that. And then you turn 31 and you're like, oh man, I should have started looking after myself 10 years ago. But yeah, um, well, I mean, on that theme, um, Gore wants to know why you refuse to follow a simple fucking exercise plan to fix your weak old man hips. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, he's just saying that because he's going to miss me around the locker rooms, you know, uh, it's funny, me and Gore have become quite tight. I actually really, really enjoy his company. I love that man. You know, um, one of very few people that I like in the wrestling industry. But um, I didn't think I was going to get along with him that well. And he's a lovely guy. Yeah, he's an amazing dude. He's just nice and he's chill and he, he likes to fuck around and just, yeah. And, like, when you give him feedback, he's not a dick about it. Like, he takes it on board because he, unfortunately, his size hinders him from having a lot of awesome matches because people just want him to go out there and squash people. But he's actually a really good wrestler and he wants to wrestle and have all these awesome matches. But I just don't think he has, hasn't had that opportunity yet, but it's coming. It's definitely coming. Lazy booking. Come on, book Gore properly. I've been saying it for ages. I agree. Um, um, so you've... Uh, what's next for you now? Like you've um, you've moved into... To, Country Victoria. Um, I'm going to say Country Victoria because it's further than Werribee. Um, and you've got a baby on the way and the new job. Like, So congratulations on that. What's, what's exciting for you? Yeah, it is, it is exciting. And I think um, all of those have made the decision a little bit easier to retire. Um, yeah, I've moved out to Lara. It's 30 minutes away from Werribee. Um, I'm still trying to get used to calling it home because, you know, Werribee's always going to be my home. Western Suburbs is always going to be Where's my up? home. That's right, represent. But, um, yeah, so I'm out there. Um, yeah, I've got a baby on the way due in December, so it's going to be a hectic month. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just I'm studying. I'm nearly at, towards the end of my study, and it's in youth work. And, you know, I never had um, really a positive role model or anyone to look up to when I was a kid um, growing up in Werribee and stuff. And, um, I just want to try and support young young people coming through that just have no one and just be the like a supporter role model and yeah so that's that's next for for me moving forward um, 
and that that's about it, man. Like I'll just live live an old man now. Like I'll be family orientated, career orientated, and just living at my house, just hanging out, living your best life, time. watching Grey's um, Anatomy. um well we want to congratulate you on uh, on an awesome career on entertaining us and everybody else um and thank you for everything you've done and being a good friend of the show and we wish you all the best moving forward thanks guys i appreciate that i wish you all the best as well and i'm still going to be a fan so i'll be at the shows occasionally just then i'll be with you boys i'll just be hanging out let us know. We'll get a feed before the show. A good vegan feed before the show. 100%. And like I said last time, it's your shout still. Definitely. <laughs> Tony will probably have dim sims in his pocket, but uh, the rest of us are fine. Um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we can't wait to see that final match against Joel. Yeah. Thanks, boys. I can't wait to see you guys there. Appreciate Richie it, Taylor, Richie Taylor joining us on the turnbuckle. The five competitors of the match start out as ineligible to win. In order to become eligible, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on an opponent. The opponent who submits or is pinned is forced to spend two minutes in the penalty box cage. More than one wrestler can be in the cage. This often results in wrestlers fighting inside the cage or forming some sort of alliance. That's the King of the Mountain match. Well, there you go. A bit of history for you, boys. What the fuck is that, Tony? King of the Mountain. Nobody seems to know the rules, so I thought I'd try and explain it to them. I still don't know the rules. Yeah, I don't think I'm more confused even yeah, knowing the rules back then. Uh, hopefully Impact bring those back, Tony. You could be the voiceover. Sounded like an episode of Gladiators. Yeah. Well, where did you get that baseline, Tony? Is that from one of your old VHSs in the bottom <laughs> bottom drawer or something? That was, that was a ripper. Riff riff. Um, Have you ever heard the word cage used more times in a minute? <laughs> Any chance you can just back over, Tony, and just explain the penalty box to me again? No. I'm uh, moving on. No, I'm moving no on. I'll listen to it again later. Uh, Richie Taylor, boys, fantastic work. Well done. Well, it was all Jules is doing. Yeah, good, good yeah, guy, Jules. You organised the whole well done, thing. Buddy. Is Tony gone frozen again? No, no, no. Jules, welcome to the show. Hey, what's the story? Oh, can of coke to you, Tony, for that for that history lesson. I don't even I don't know why that match is more widely booked. It's so easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you were a big TNA fan back then, Jules. Uh, enormous. I got to see TNA in Manchester back in well their first tour, two thousand eight. It, it held their record for attendance for. I think it might still be their, their record attendance. Yeah. So I've got to meet Dixie Carter. I've still got my signed Dixie Carter dolly. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. Well, let's face it. You Brits will turn out for a game of darts. So TNA is not a real stretch. <laughs> it was great. I got to meet Scott Steiner and he was really grumpy and mean to me. So that was, that was nice. Oh, that's what you want. You don't want happy. You don't want to meet Scott Steiner when he's happy. I don't think there's any such thing. <laughs> mm. Alright boys, let's get straight into the show Our second half of the show And who uh, watched AEW All Out? No one, hasn't been on yet, no Tony Who's going to watch AEW All Out? I'll, I'll be watching it when I get home from work on uh, next Monday And you'll be looking uh, forward to seeing Brian Danielson? Well, yeah I, 
I think CM Punk uh, may have went a little bit too far in his uh, winking and nodding at the uh, at the crowd that uh, Brian Danielson was going to show up. Um, we didn't you know. say when. No, I know that, but uh, you know, uh, I, I I'm really looking forward to it. You know, what 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 theme music is he going to come out to, Jules? Flight of the Valkyries or Countdown? I think it's going to have to be Countdown, surely. I hope so. I hope it's the birds turn, turn, turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this, yeah, this pay-per-view, they've built well to it. You know, Punk's first match back in uh, seven years against a young up-and-coming Darby Allen. Um Looking forward to what the what Punk can, you know, do in the ring after seven years. A little bit of ring rust there. Um, I saw Punk wrestle bit. on. I saw Punk wrestle on Sunday. Well, that was uh, Ricky Rabies. Um, it's different. <laughs> That's like putting a mask on. You're wrestling somewhere else. As uh, Richie uh, was, uh, was it Rotten Ron? Uh, Richie was, and then he was El Chico. El Chico, Chico under a mask. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he, him and Darby can do in a ring. I think the crowd's going to be white hot for it, so they don't have to kill themselves. It's only 20 bucks on the play on if you buy it through the PlayStation Store. Is that right? Yes, that is. Uh, that now I got correct. paid today. Perfect. Yep. I think the great Pretty. thing is Darby Allen's not going to not going to take his Muay Thai bullshit. He is going to cut straight through to just. Um, Diving on him and see how he takes that. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, he's probably going to go to sleep. Well, I think I think he has to. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, Tony for yourself, Big Show having his first match back. Yes, in a long time, he's on the show. So obviously, you'll be. Have you got a PlayStation at home? You can get it, or you got an Atari. I think we've got a PlayStation Two or something. Play- <laughs> I don't know if it works on that. PlayStation it still has a PlayStation store. You'll be, be, be able to get it on the ColecoVision, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the big show's big match back against uh, QT. I'm sure you're a know, big fan of QT there, Tony. Nobody. Uh, uh, to be fair, nobody's a big fan of QT. QT is a big fan of QT. So, yeah. Um, you know, Mox versus uh, Blue Justice. Jules, I know you we came for that one. Kojima yeah. while he's in the States. A, a beautiful guy, Eugene Nagata, and, and again, another one of those over 50s that still got it. And if anyone can take him to an amazing match, it's, it's Mox for sure. One person who won't be turning up is Will Ospreay. Oof. COVID-19 has got Will Ospreay. Wow. More by guess. So 2019, Will. Yeah. Well, I think he's getting it out of the way early because I'm I'm assuming we're all going to get it at one stage. Um, we're, we're definitely all going to get it. Yeah, so if our government would let me go out and get it, I would know what the experience is like. Um, Wait till you've had the second jab. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that would probably help. Uh, I don't want it yet. I don't want it yet. If uh, ScoMo's listening, give it to me after I've had the second jab. So I'll put this on the record. Lyle wants ScoMo to give it to him. That's all. I, that's all I heard. He's been giving it to us for years, mate. <laughs> well, do I get a free trip right. to Hawaii out of it? It's not a bad trade-off. Uh, so, is Will Osprey okay? We, we he's yeah, he's we double jabbed. 
Yeah, so okay. so he's he's only got mild symptoms, and so he's due back for high stakes, which is going to be um, a hell of a show. So yeah, hopefully mid September he'll be back. Oh, beautiful, uh, Robbie Eagles, the man that we spoke about last uh, last week, who we spoke to last week, got a massive match coming up uh, in the semi-main event for Grand Slam night too. Huge. They put him over strong all week. Main evented a couple of times at uh, Croken Hall. You know, and some uh, multi-mans, some tag matches. Then against uh, Master Watto, uh, which was a really good match. Um, mm. You know, and Hiromu had a match against Doki, which was phenomenal as well. So they're hyping Robbie up and pushing him really hard. Commentary went really hard. Oh, Kevin Kelly put him over against Master Watto on commentary the whole match. Talking about his, you know, fighting from underneath, being a smaller guy, coming up against, you know, the giants of Australian wrestling like Slex, Gino and Jonah. Um, Robbie always being the smaller guy. So this is huge for Robbie. The crowd still want to scream and shout for him, which obviously they're not allowed to do in Japan. But, um, you know, once that happens, he, you know, he's going to be a white-hot baby face. If Robbie wins this match, um, he's... Pretty much a made man, I think, um, because yeah. they're really, really like people have been critical of uh, New Japan's booking for the last twelve to eighteen months. Um, but I think there's been a return to form recently, and and Robbie Eagle's been a big part of that. Yeah, well, I think I so. think it's a real interesting mix that, that Robbie's results have been pretty uh, unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen, like and. Hiromu himself is so unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get coming back from an injury like that. You didn't know what you were going to get last time he came from injury. Um, so he might overstretch. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and to be fair, at the moment, Robbie can beat anyone. Yeah. So a massively unpredictable match coming up. Definitely. I don't know where well, it's going to go. Look, Robbie's it's gonna first defence. I'll make a prediction. It's going to be fucking good. Oh, for sure. Definitely. You know, and then on night one, they had, you know, they're in a tag match against each other. So they tease a little couple of spots there as well. Really get you looking forward to the second night on Saturday night. I'm pumped. Excellent stuff. Uh, bit of work going around the war zone is under new management. Yeah, well, that's not a rumor. That's uh, being announced that they're under new management. You um, didn't buy a promotion, did you, Tony? No. Get the Circus 10 out of the garage? No, I didn't. I've been trying to chase up who's bought the promotion all week. And um, all I keep getting told is uh, I'm not at liberty to say. So uh, I've got a 99%, I'm 99% confident that I know who's done it. And it is someone who has run successful promotion in Melbourne before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Warzone go back to its glory days um, where glory vaccinations days are welcome. Yeah, the glory days of having the NWA title change hands on Warzone shows and defended. Yeah. Bring back those days. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, Warzone, it, it's fallen a few pegs uh, over the last couple of years and it's, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens next. Hmm. It will be. Uh, speaking of what happens next, uh the old out with the old in with the new for NXT's new logo. Oh, what do you think of the new logo, Tony? Uh, for me, it looks like someone's eaten a box of crowns and thrown up. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. No, it's different. It's something I think we'll have to get used to. Yeah, yeah. remember those remember those pro hard ads? A bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hart, what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> for for Jules, who's not Australian, pro hard. Oh, sorry. Um, look up his artwork. It's it's not the best. Um, but well, it's colourful. Essentially, essentially the uh, the premise of the ad was pro hard would pour spaghetti and stuff on the floor and then roll around in it and then leave and the cleaning lady would come into his artwork all over the floor. I promise um, you it's the first thing I'm going to do after this record, after watching all the episodes of Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someone's not sleeping tonight. So uh, not fans of the new logo? I'm not. No. Messes just... with my OCD. I, I don't mind it. You've seen all the stuff oh. about how Badly yeah. lined up, and the Nothing angles are off. Yeah, you know, you know what it screams to me? It screams to me that um, someone said, "Look, the kids—they're not into the Triple H's heavy metal anymore. They're into that newfangled rap stuff." And so Vince's knowledge of rap stems back to 1986, back when you know bright coloured graffiti and stuff—you know, men on a mission type stuff. Yes. And so that's how he's inspired his new artwork. Yeah. He'll be trying to book Tupac Shakur and maybe getting the baby in. You know, he's really into. I want to see. I want to see Vince break dance. I want to see Vince break. Yeah. Well, some may say he already has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good news for a whole lot of non-competes. I think about ninety or so out there, guys and girls who have been uh, probably hundred and ninety. Yeah. yeah, it's probably 190. But the 90 day big uh, courses are up on a on a lot of guys now. Yep. So all the WWE people that have been let go in the last few months, their 90 days are up, and they can find a new company. And I presume that probably over the next few weeks we'll start getting some announcements on that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rumors about Buddy Murphy going to Impact, um, which I think will be a good home for him. Yeah, and Braun. Um, I think Braun's going to end up in Impact. That's so my AEW mail for Buddy wasn't good? Well, I mean, given that your mail is just where you think he should go, um, <laughs> not I'd, good I'd, authority. I think it's a good move for Buddy to end up in Impact or Ring of Honor because AEW, they're stacked. They've, you know, Brian Danielson showing up, uh, CM Punk, and all their homegrown yeah. guys. Not a good time to come in and then just be Lost part of the, the pack. Yeah. Go and make your name bigger. And better. Good point. And the Forbidden Door is open. It's not like he can't have an AEW match on a big Dynamite show or a pay per view. Especially if he makes like waves once he starts. That's right. You know, and we know he from for bell to bell in the ring, he's amazing. Well, he's much so, better at wrestling than he's at tweeting. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to. Yeah. Sometimes Google isn't your friend. Um, Oh, look, yeah, look, it's a mistake, but you know, no, we've, got to stop, we've got to stop expect, expecting that um, your own country's history gets taught everywhere else in the world. Um, should he have checked? Probably. But he's a wrestler. He's not like you don't become a wrestler because you're a scholar. You become a wrestler because you're good athletically. Um, and he apologized. So, and I, I haven't seen too many people not accept that. So, you got to no, take it for I, what it's worth. Obviously, everyone knew what his intentions were. Um, you know, so then why not just from, take it for that? 
well, you know, the image he used wasn't yeah. representative of what he meant. So, and that's it. Honest mistake. You know, move on. Um, but the, but I'm, the I'm, yeah, sorry, Jules. On, on behalf of the vegans, I have to say that the the imagery of a of a caged bird is is highly <laughs> offensive, and I'm, I've reported it to Twitter. But there was a there was a he was uncaging the bird. You should right, be happy really? with that. And look oh, at me telling you, oh, and I'm telling you how yeah. you should feel. Because oh, I'm, I'm the there. white man. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no. yeah, but the on the iconics are about to go on tour. I'm not sure what that means. They keep teasing it. Um, uh, I, I forget their uh, their new name that they've just trademarked. Um, you can really start up a whole new promotion over there in the states with all the names that have been let go and actually have a decent show. Of course, Midcard Midcard Championship Wrestling. Well, I'm not saying Impact is the NXT to AEW's WWE, but with with that door, it, it really does give you a good platform to show what you can do, and it and it's and it's right there. Yeah. Well, let's uh, wait and see where a lot of those guys and girls end up. Uh, Rev Pro, Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Yeah, look, I think Aussie, Aussie Open against Young Guns, that's just come out on demand on RPW On Demand. Um, definitely worth uh, a catch 20 minutes of Aussie Open back in, in Brit Res, which is essentially their home. Um, Will Ospreay proven against Doug Williams that he could well be, as we've, we've covered before, the greatest British wrestler of all time. But I think something to look forward to is... Um, Aussie opener coming up against Ring of Honor's Mark Haskins and Noah and Progress's Chris Ridgway in a tag team match coming up. That is going to be a hard-hitting banger of a match for sure. Um, and coming up, they've got Shota Umino tagging with Yota Suji. You've got Davis and Kyle are both going to be in singles matches coming up. So anybody who loves Aussie Open, and that should be everybody, uh, definitely in the next few weeks, there's going to be stuff coming up for sure. Looking forward to seeing what they're doing. I think them as a tag team, I think COVID hurt them probably the most with their momentum that they had before COVID and everything shutting down, you know, matches against New Japan talent and everything. I feel they would have been everywhere in the US and going back and forth, if, you know, if COVID didn't happen. So hopefully they can jump back on that uh, momentum. Well, I mean, Mark, Mark Davis did his knee before COVID, so that probably wouldn't have happened while. He wouldn't be able to wrestle. So COVID probably came at the right time for Aussie Open. Well, for nine months to have off. Um, yeah. Wrestlers but been, can... But that's uh, interesting. It's interesting for Kyle because Kyle was was taking the opportunity to hone himself as a singles wrestler. So I'm looking forward to that opportunity of seeing them both back in singles. Uh, tell us about the NWA Empower pay-per-view. Oh, look, I um, think... Um, NWA 73, by the way, just before we, we, we talk about that, um, I just want to say that the lineup of that, look, aside from the Ric Flair 12 minute promo, which was super emotional, and he, he threw his jacket down but didn't elbow drop it, but um, that NWA 73, you've got Crimson, Chris Masters, you've got Murphy from TNA's Gunner and Murphy, <laughs> the real ones, JTG, Damian Sandow. Trevor Murdoch, two names that I won't expand on too much, Bram and Tyrus, if you know, you know. Um, so, 
a, a lot, a pretty average show, but I have to say going into Empower, some of the, the fresh talent there are people like Lady Frost, uh, Mickey James is still fresh, Kylie Ray, Camille Brickhouse, Chelsea Green, on N- and NWA 73. Um, those were, were pretty much my highlights of the show, which probably leads into how good was Empower? Yeah, so Empower, um, I mean, obviously still, uh, there's not a lot of opportunities for the women to work women's only pay-per-views on a, on a big level and it was great to see them get that. And the last three or four matches were really, really freaking good. Um, like Melina, who knew Melina could still work like that? Um, that was probably my favorite match. Um, and yeah, for me, I think you mentioned earlier that, um, that impact is the NXT to AEW, but I think NWA is, will be the right place for, the women to be showcased to then move up to AEW because I think NWA um, on the men's side, it's a little bit meh to me, but if they really go all in on this women's wrestling thing, um, I think that it can be a real showcase. Like you saw AEW sent down some of their lower card women and, and they shone like they gave opportunities to young girls who haven't had a lot of matches like Santina's daughter Santino's daughter, like it's it'll be a great place for, for, for women to get some experience and then be seen on a bigger stage, in my opinion, anyway. All right, you've had all your turns of reviewing and previewing and all this. Here's mine. In this week's 205 Live Report, Grayson Waller and Ikeman Jiro scoring huge one-on-one wins. The hard-talking, flashy Aussie Grayson Waller bouncing back with a huge victory over the systematically calculating Andre Chase shortly after escaping the STF and kicking out of a textbook Tiger driver from his opponent. The self-professed 21st century success story hit a stunner, a stunning flying elbow and finally the drop-over stomp for the victory in front of former 205 Live general manager Drake Maverick. Ikemanjiro defeating Tyson Baxter's brother Trey for a win in the main <laughs> event. That's the 205 Live Report. <laughs> there you what go. the hell are you... Why are you overproducing yourself, Tony? I don't think I am, am I? I think you don't you, put I that much you, effort uh... into... You don't put that much effort into our parts. But the, the thing is, 205 Live deserves it. And have you had Tyson's confirmation man. that that's Tyson's brother, by the way? Have you had confirmation on that? Uh, I haven't been in touch with Tyson, but I presumed it was. I got the same surname. I think uh, he systematically enough. calculated it. Uh, maybe I did. <laughs> so, uh, God, Tony. Um, so, you in, I saw a lot of your favourites from 205 Live were on NXT this week. They were on NXT this week. How good was that? <laughs> you No one would have been happier than you. No, exactly. Uh, upcoming events around Australia on Friday night, nothing. You got nothing. Make sure nothing. you tune into the Australian Wrestling Network if you want a wrestling fix on Friday night. On Saturday, QWA in Rockhampton, if you're allowed to go. That's only for people in Queensland, I presume, for nobody else. Stampede in Rocky. Stampede in Rockhampton. Enjoy that one, all you QWA fans. That is wrestling around Australia this week. I should redo that with a bit of music, I think. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> no. We end up we end up doing the interviews with the music. You keep going the way you're going, Tony. 
Thank you, boys. Been a fantastic pleasure as always. Great interview with Richie. Now you you did well on it too, Tony. Three exclusives in a row. Do we get a fourth? Nah. Not a month of exclusives? I don't I don't know. I mean, I haven't got anything locked up. Depends who retires between now and then. Oh, let me see yeah. if we can get hold of Hacksaw, right? <laughs> ah. <laughs> hey, we've had Greg the Hammer Valentine. It's not that much of a stretch. Yes. Uh, All right, folks. Uh, thank you, boys. Catch you next week. Thanks, guys. And we'll catch you okay. next week too, right here on the Turnbuckle.